That's the show. Yeah. So I really like this. I really like this lesson title, you know, prayer, power, interceding for others. Like it's, it's like there's power in prayer. There's, there's power for us to intercede for others. Um, it says there is a struggle between good and evil, between the forces of righteousness and the forces of darkness, between Christ and Satan and the cosmic conflict. God respects human freedom. He will never manipulate the will or course the conscious. He sends his Holy Spirit to convict men and women of divine truth. That's John 16, verse 7 and 8. Heavenly angels enter into the battle and influence people for eternity. God also arranges providential events in people's lives to lead them to himself. Force is contrary to the kingdom of God. Coercion is an alien to the principle of love, which is the foundation of his government. Here is where prayer is so significant. Although God is doing everything he can to reach people before we pray, our prayers unleash the mighty power of God. He respects our freedom of choice in praying for another, but he can do, he can do more in behalf of others when we pray for them than if we did not. It is a part of God's plan to grant us an answer to the prayer of faith, that which he would not bestow if we did not ask. When we pray for someone who does not know Christ, it opens channels of divine blessing to flow into their lives. God honors our choice to pray for them and works even more powerfully in their behalf. In dealing with the subject of intercessory prayer, we should humbly acknowledge that we do not understand God's workings fully. But this should not keep us from continually entering into the blessings prayer offers for ourselves and for others. So why do you think God works more powerfully when we pray than when we neglect prayer? Even if we don't fully understand how it all works, why should the Bible's admonition to pray for others impel us to do just that? So, like, we all know that God can do anything. We know he can work whether we pray or not. But why does he choose to only work through our prayers? Or not really only, but... Why do you think he works more powerfully, that is? Because, you know, you know, obviously there are instances when God does work. You know, even when we don't pray, God still is doing stuff. But why do you think he works more powerfully when we pray than if we neglect prayer? There's a, a, I've been listening to one of our scholars at Andrews called John. His name is John Peckham. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he has this uh, new book called The Theodicy of Love. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend, but he um, he was mentioning something that uh, that I really really um, really appreciate. Like he was saying, like that God has these rules of engagement in this great controversy that we just read about from uh, Revelation. Like in this great controversy, that there's these things called rules of engagement mm -hmm. that he has with with it with people that he has with his creation that he has with even with satan you know like he has these things that if you remember the story of job uh job said you know or um satan said or you know i'm going to you know touch him and then and then god said god said you know i'll remove my hedge of protection uh and then he'll still be faithful to me hmm. um there there's certain things that that god can uh, only do by permission and and that's why prayer is very important like prayer is is a 
a way of letting God do um, something in the, in these rules of engagement. Like it, he he won't he won't interfere or won't intervene. Um, only only if you know we actually give permission for for God to do things. So yeah, I, I think that's that's one aspect is just that it allows God to um interact with his creation mm-hmm. when we pray and that, and it kind of goes into the rules of engagement thing so kind of what you're saying i kind of think about how like god has um health laws correct there's health laws he has so god also has spiritual laws too and like i know that when when they were trying to cast out demons and devils um he said that some things only can come through by faith of like prayer and fasting. I believe that's what he said. Some things only come out by prayer and fasting. Yeah. So like when we're praying, there's ways that we don't see from the supernatural that allows him to work in different ways than we didn't pray. Mm -hmm. When he's praying, he's able to do things that we can't see with our own natural eyes, but able to do things because we allow him to come into our life. We allow him to be intimate with him. We allow him to be personal so he's able to have hedge of protections. He's able to do things that he wasn't able to do because we didn't let him in like that. So there's like invisible spiritual laws, you know, that he follows, even with Satan. You know, there, I mean, Satan can't just come in and like attack you and stuff like that. You know, there's times where, you know, when we be disobedient or we don't listen, then things happen to us or, you know, the choices we make can happen to us. So, um, that makes a lot of sense what you talk about. Like, I've heard someone uh, spoke about that before, about that. But that, that makes sense. Mm. I mean, that's true, you know. And um, when I think about, you know, what Larry said, you know, it kind of makes me think of free will a little bit more. Like, God wants us to want to talk to him. He wants us to desire these things, you know. And and uh, communion communication and communion with God is one of God's greatest desires. You know, that's what he really desires for us. He wants, he wants us, he wants us to seek him and hope or, and uh, have his heart for those uh, to have the heart of God for those who are lost, you know, and it's, it's about the heart, you know, God, God really wants this, you know, he really wants this right here. And it's going back to what I was saying about in Samuel, you know, it says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. So, like, God wants us to love him because it is in our hearts to do so, not because we are forced to do something, but because our hearts burn with a desire and passion for God that so much that we want to talk to him. We want to pray. When we see others not serving God, it it bothers us. When we see others, you know, living in sin and and having addictions and struggles and issues in their lives, it, it, it hurts us. It harms us. It bothers us. You know, and that's 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 the reason why, you know, God works more powerfully when we pray, because it shows God like, hey, you know, this this person actually really wants to wants me to use them. So I'm going to use them rather as, oh, well, I, you know, they, they don't seem like they really want me. So I, I don't want to force nothing. So like that, that's kind of like how God works. You know, God is able to work, you know, when, even when we don't pray, but he chooses to work, especially when we do pray. Yep, he does. Um, let's go to Luke chapter 3, verse 21. 
Uh, Larry, do you want to read that one? Are you able to? <laughs> What was that again? Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Luke 3, 21? Yeah. Okay. Now, when all, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. Okay, and Sam, do you want to uh, read five sixteen? Yeah. Just a couple pages over. And he would draw himself unto wilderness and pray. And then 9.18, I'll read that one. Uh, it says, and it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, whom do the people say that I am? So what do these texts tell you about the relationship between Jesus' prayer life and his effective his effectiveness in ministry? Well, it tells me that he spent a lot of alone time away from it when he was praying to um, cover their relationship with the Lord. Hmm. And as he spent time with the Lord, um, getting in the nourishments and the fruits and understanding, when someone came to meet him, he's able to meet the need because he was he prepared himself before hmm. before it happened. Yeah, you know, and and I also think about you know, Jesus' prayer life was his first and foremost. You know, he he withdrew himself into the wilderness to be alone with God. His prayers touched heaven so much that heaven opened up. You know, like when when, when he was being baptized. The God, it says that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So his prayer life was so strong and his life with the Lord, you know, with his father, of course, you know, Jesus was God in the flesh, but he was our example. So that's why, you know, Jesus had to pray that he had to do everything that God expected us to do. So, you know, his, his life was such an example of a strong connection with God that heaven was opened up, you know. He, he, you know, he, he is our example of how to live every single day, you know, like, and it tells yeah, yeah. and it tells us too that, you know, when we first get up in the morning, that we should go get on our knees and thank God for waking us up, yeah. that we should spend a lot of quality time away from social media and people just to spend time with God. Because if you notice that Jesus spent a lot of alone time with God, he spent a lot of alone yeah. time. And I think the reason why he spent alone time to quiet his thoughts mm. so he's not distracted to focus but also to make that relationship with the lord more int intimate and more personal where it's just it's, it's me and you lord here mm -hmm. and i think a lot of times that the world and today is so bombarded with so many distractions and so many things that gives us can't focus and i think that um we need to um spend more quality time alone and solitude with the lord increase our relationship with him to make it more personal yeah you know and also it, it talks about you know not just his prayer life but his effectiveness in ministry and and when you look into what we just read in um 9 18 it says and it came to pass as he was alone praying his disciples were with him and he asked them saying whom do the people say that i am and then um in uh 5 16 you know he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed you know like he he his effectiveness in ministry was his prayer life, you know, like yeah. he was the example, you know, like the disciples, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't really mention the scripture about, you know, how he took him into the wilderness and he said, can you not pray with me for a little while? But they fell asleep, you know, like Jesus was basically living out the example of how God expected them to live every single day, every single yeah. day, like the disciples were experiencing this stuff, you know, like 
Jesus spent all night in prayer at times. Jesus would wake up in the in, in the, the first hour of the morning and he would, you know, withdraw himself in the wilderness and he would pray. Yeah. You know, he spent I 40 days, he spent 40 days praying and fasting, you know, like Jesus' life was a complete, like, his life was focused completely when it came to prayer and it came to everything. Because he's, yeah, because he realized that prayer helps you be more sensitive to other people's needs, but prayer helps you also be able to understand the spirit in a different way that you're able to um, um, have discernment and wisdom and to make choices and understand more clearly when you have that, when you're when you praying a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think he's able to do that because he prepared himself through prayer to be sensitive to people's needs. Because like, like you could be at work in a grocery store or whatever, and if the spirit of God is upon you, God must say, go talk to that person. Mm-hmm. And if we're not prayed up or focused, we just go in there like we we just go on there like it's just any other thing, you know. But everywhere we go, everywhere we see, there can be a mission. Mm-hmm. There can be a mission, you know. We don't see it, yeah. and I think that's kind of he wants to have that relationship with him, so we can see those things, you can see past the physical, see and the supernatural about you know wherever you may be, God can use you there. Yeah, you don't have to be a mission trip. You don't have to go across the world, you know. God can use you wherever you at, and we have to just be able to listen to His Holy Spirit and be sensitive to the, to the Spirit to see those things. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, every day God has a plan for our lives, and His mercies are new every morning. He, you know, He has a purpose for our lives every single day, and He, when we when we repent for our sins, He forgives us of our sins instantly and, and remembers them no more. You know, and and His biggest focus is using us for His glory. Yep. You know, it says Jesus' life was one of constant divine communion with his father. At times, at the time of his baptism, when he launched his messianic ministry, Jesus prayed for divine power to accomplish heaven's purpose. The Holy Spirit empowered him to do the father's will and accomplish the task before him. Jesus recognized in the battle between good and evil, prayer is a mighty weapon to beat back the forces of hell. Prayer is a heaven-ordained way of combining our helplessness and weakness with God's omnipotent power. It is a means of having ourselves lifted up toward God, who alone can touch the hearts of those for whom we pray. Uh, Luke, go to Luke 22. Uh, 22, 31 to 34. Do you want to read that, Sam? Yeah. 31 to 34? Yeah. Okay. And the Lord said, Simeon, Simeon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sweep you as wheat. But I pray that for thy faith fail not, and when thou have converted, strength by the brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, brought to prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, thee, Peter, the crops shall not grow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Hmm. Hebrews 7.25. I'll read that. Or Larry, do you want to read that one? Hebrews 7.25. Yeah, Hebrews 7.25. Okay. Yeah, yes, sir. All right. <clears throat> Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him 
seeing he ever lived, seeing, <clears throat> seeing he ever lived to make intercession for them. Yeah, so like, um, what assurance did Jesus give to Peter to prepare him for the temptations he would face in the near future? What assurance does he give to each one of us as we face our temptations? Um, I put down that Jesus assured Peter that the devil longs to uproot him out of God's plan. But Jesus also gives him hope. He told Peter, Peter that he had has prayed for his strength not to fail. Jesus did this all the while knowing Peter would deny him. You know, and that's that's interesting that, you know, Jesus seen everything about what Peter would do, you know, because Peter was like, no, Lord, I will I will follow you and, and serve you and, uh, all, all the way until death. And Jesus is like, listen, Peter, the, co the crows, the cock's not going to crow three times and you're going to deny me before that. Like you're, you're going to deny that you even know me. And you're going to go to me, you're going to go with me into death? Like, no. And, but Jesus was, you know, even though the outwardly Peter was denying Christ, Christ knew that in his heart that Peter was going to be eventually converted. So it, it's, it's very interesting because how interesting is that for ourselves too? You know, like we see all these sins in our lives and we see how we are right now, but we can't see the hand of God refining us every day, molding us and shaping us into his image. You know, like Peter denied Christ, but then stood, um, stood in the courts and uplifted his name at the same time, like later on, you know, like refused to, you know, to, 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 how do you say it? Like refused to bow down to what, what they wanted him to do. He says, you know, like, you know, was it Paul that said that? Or is it Peter? I, I believe Peter also stood in the, um, in the courts too speaking about you know like uh we ought to obey god rather than man was that was that peter i think that was paul there was i think they both i think they both said it at some point i believe yeah but i know that um at one point paul peter did. denied christ and then another point he uplifted him so like god you know christ looked past the outwardly peter and saw within the inward peter and knew that one day he would he would give glory to him and he would serve him you know with his heart so like that that's the reason why you know like he says man like I see Peter Satan Satan has a hold on you he 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 desires to sift you as wheat that he may have you he's like but you know what I prayed for you that your strength will not fail so basically Jesus was saying I'm praying for you you're going to become different than what you are right now the enemy has a hold on you right now but one day you're going to be you're going to um you're going to escape from his clutches and you're going to you're going to serve me because God's seen seen beyond Peter, his outward appearance. He's seen that just like he saw Paul, as much as Paul did, God's seen beyond that. And God knew that in, in the heart of Paul, in his heart of hearts, that he was able to serve God. Same with David. David had uh, had sex with Bathsheba and had her, had her wife killed on the front lines, but God's seen past that. He's seen into the heart of David, knowing, knowing that David could be a different person. You know, he does the same for us. You know, we may see our issues, but God is like, that's okay, Sam, Larry, Frank, like one day you're, you're going to, you're going to be a servant for me, a strong, strong servant for me. And that's, that's how we have to view people. You know, some of us may have friends that were like, how can this guy or this girl, like, how could they ever be saved? Like th these people are messed up, you know? But God is like, that's okay. Yeah. So was Paul. So was David. So are we. But God, God redeemed us. Nobody is past redeemable. So like we have to be, be able to see 
through the eyes of Jesus Christ. You know, and 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 also <clears throat> the next point on the line here it says effective soul winners are men and women of prayer. If we don't pray, we can't expect to be a good use to God at all. Because <clears throat> there has to be constant open communication between us and our God. Um, I, I put down too that we cannot expect anything good to happen in our lives to be used effectively by God to win souls. Nothing without a strong prayer life, it's it's impossible. You know, without a strong prayer life, it's impossible. Um, it says Jesus prayed for Peter by name. He reassured Peter that at times of his greatest temptation, he would be praying for him. Satan understood quite well Peter's potential for the advancement of the kingdom of God. He planned to do everything possible to destroy Peter's positive influence in the Christian church. But through all of these temptations, Jesus was praying for Peter. And the master's prayers were, un were answered. What a thrill in reality to recognize that the Savior is praying for us too. He invites us to join him in his work of intercessory prayer and lift up others by name before his throne. Our persistence in prayer acknowledges that we recognize our total, absolute dependence on God to reach the individual for whom we are praying. You know, and it makes me think also, our prayers, they have power. Our faith can save other people. You know, like you, you probably heard the, the thing that people say, you know, uh, I'm saved because my mother's prayers. I'm saved because my grandmother's prayers, you know, like our prayers hold power to change lives. Just, you know, if, if Christ is our example, if Christ is our example here, you know, if he came to this earth to be our example of how to live, then, you know, that's exactly, you know, we, we model what he did. He prayed for Peter. He prayed for, for people. He, he, he prayed and he, he always lives to intercede for us. And then you, you look into, you know, Paul's example. Paul took the exact example. He says, I, I, I never cease to make mention of you in my prayers. Paul is like, I'm always praying for you. I'm always asking God for you, you know, God's blessings for you. So it's it, it, the example of Christ is, is all throughout the word of God. You know, pray for other people and lives will change. So what, what are you guys thinking about that? You seem a little quiet right now. <laughs> maybe maybe the gears are turning in your head right now and you're thinking a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, you kind of said everything I was going to say. So, I mean, this is right. Everything you're saying is right about um, praying for people and intercessory for them. Yeah. It, it's all about focusing on God. And, and like I said, I've been, I've been listening to a lot of Timothy Keller sermons throughout the last two weeks. And like, I've been learning a lot from his sermons, you know, like what he's talked about the life of David and the life of, you know, other people. And like, when, when he says like, if you've got issues in your life and, and you've got, a, a, you know, problems that, you know, are rising up in you and, and you feel discouraged, he's like, there's no need to be discouraged. You just need to pray. You need to have faith. You need to trust God because our prayers will change everything. And also he's saying like, you know, vision, you know, keep, keep a vision of the cross in your heart. Understand that whatever you're going through, Jesus died for that. Jesus died to take care of those issues, to set you free from those issues, to, to uproot you 
from the life that you're living that you feel discouraged in, the life that you're feeling, you know, full of sorrow and depression or whatever it may be. God died to give you peace in that in your life. So we don't have to be weighed down with these cares in our lives. We don't have to be weighed down with worries and, and doubts and, and, and thinking that I'm never going to be able to be who God wants me to be because Jesus already died to make you that person. Yeah. So it's just all about us praying and seeking God and putting him in the forefront of our lives, you know. And then I think about Isaiah 50 verse 10 too that I've been dwelling on a lot since, um, since uh, Tuesday. It says, Who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servant? that walks in darkness and has no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. <clears throat> like that's, that's it. That's all we have to do. Don't focus here. Focus here. Focus on God. Focus on his, his ability to save you and to transform you and to make you into his image. Like that is, that is our goal. Trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon the God and stay upon God. Y'all are quiet. Y'all are quiet all of a sudden. Well, I'm about to be like G. Craig Lewis. I can't get no amens in here. You know, y'all are quiet. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> so yeah, but um, um, Paul's intercessory prayers. The next part, it says, intercessory prayer is biblical. Throughout his ministry, Paul prayed for the new converts in the churches that he established through his evangel uh, evangelistic ministry. Paul believed that something happened when he prayed that would not happen if he did not pray. Although he was separated from those he loved, he recognized that he could be united in heart as they prayed for him. Ephesians uh, uh, 1, 15 to 21. Yep. Okay, I can read it. Okay. Uh, it says, um, we're for all. I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, make a mention for you in prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eye of understanding, being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope that is called, calling and what the riches of glory is in the inheritance and the saints, hmm. and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Towards us, believe according to the working of His mighty power. Mm -hmm. So, um, you can read which it. He wrought in Christ when He raised up from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly place, far above all pinnacles and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in the world to this to come. Yeah, and and this this here, like this this, this threw me the other day. Like, honestly, um, because sometimes like. I may not know what to pray for about for somebody, you know, yeah. I may see that they're going through issues in their lives and I may, you know, pray like God, you know, draw them to you. You know, they got this and that issue, whatever. But Paul here, he gives a complete outline of how he wants us to pray for or how God wants us to pray for people. You know, like I, I see here because, you know, it says on here on the lines below list the different requests Paul made to God for the Ephesians. What did he specifically ask God to give them? You know, and this, this could be a model prayer for us all to pray for people. You know, we can, you know, like it, it says, you know, that he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory and the inheritance of the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. You know, so I put down here, you know, we're, pray, we're, we're to pray for people for spirit of wisdom, 
We are to pray for a spirit of revelation in the knowledge of God, eyes of understanding enlightened to know the hope of their calling, the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and exceeding greatness of his power to those who believe. Like, so the, the, these are powerful things that we should be praying for everyone. Like, this this is kind of like a a default prayer for every single person and how, how we should pray for everyone. So, um... Yeah, like I, I really, I really like this. Like, what, what, what about you, Larry? What do you think? Larry, can you hear me? Oh, sorry, I was talking. I was talking this whole time. <laughs> Yeah. All right, uh, can you can you send in, c- could you send the link to Christella because she she's messaging me and saying she wants to link to join but I can't I can't do it right now because my phone is kind of like or Sam can, <laughs> you, can you send the link to Christella yeah. one of you yeah yeah I'll, I'll do it right she now. wants to join but yeah so like um and I'll let you talk after that sorry I didn't mean to cut you off Larry no 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 I'll, I'll send that to her right now. but yeah so I really like this here you know we are to pray for God to you know give people the spirit of wisdom the spirit of revelation, the knowledge of God, the eyes of understanding, enlightened to know the hope of their calling, etc. Like we are to pray these things for people every single day. <clears throat> um, so it says, Paul's prayer for the Ephesian believers is remarkable. He prayed that God would give them wisdom and spiritual discernment, that he would enlighten their minds with divine truth and give them the hope of the eternal life. He also prayed that they would experience the mighty working of God's power in their lives. This God is so powerful, so mighty, that he raised Jesus from the dead. And events that forms the foundation of their hope of eternal life in him. His power concludes by reminding the believers of the riches of Christ's glory and his inheritance. The Ephesian Christians must have been filled with encouragement, knowing that Paul was praying for them, knowing what he was praying about. So, um, what, what were you going to say, Larry? No, I, I think you summarized it there. That's good. Okay. Um, let's go to Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. Um, and if you are able, can you read that, Larry? Chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. Yep, one second. Philippians chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Verses 1 through 11? Uh, 3 to 11. All right. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all make, for you all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all. Because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, mm-hmm. being filled with the fruits of righteousness where are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Yeah, so this is, this is actually like another example 
Um, hey, Christella, welcome. Hey, uh, Uncle Ebenezer. So like this, this is like, this is an example, like more examples of how we can pray for other people. You know, we have Ephesians 1, 15 to 21, and then we have Philippians 1, 3 to 11. Like there are so many examples here that we have that we can be praying for other people. So like I had an envision, I had a vision the, uh, the other day of me kind of like taking a list of people, listing them all on a piece of paper that I'm praying for and anyone I can think of. And then writing at the top, all the examples of how I can pray for them. And if I know like other examples or details of what they want me to pray for them specifically, I can say that as well. But like these here, these two scriptures here are really important. Like we can really use these to, to pray for people, you know, like there, there may be many times, like we don't really know what to pray for them about. We don't really know what to say, but we can use these models that were, you know, used by Paul, you know, his examples of how he prayed for other churches. We can use these examples to pray for other people as well. Um, it's I, funny you say that, Frank, because I actually, I actually did that in that journal I got that you got. I actually made a list of uh, things praying for people in my journal. Hmm. Nice. Like you use these examples. Yep, I use different examples, different scriptures that pray for depending on the need of the person, and I um, mm -hmm. kind of or organize it like that, praying for um, different things. You know, so be specific about what I'm praying about to them. That's cool, man. Yeah. Because also we we also we also kind of got that example from the forty day books that we've been reading too. I think it was the first book, in the very back in the appendix, it, it gives you examples of how how you can pray for other people. Like because it tells you to you know choose five people whom you will commit to praying yeah. for for the forty days, and like it had the examples there. So yeah, we we have like we have so many examples of how to pray for people, you know, and like. When it asks here, it says, note the tone of Paul's prayer. If you were a Philippian church member and received a letter like this from Paul, sharing with you not only that he was praying for you, but also the content of his prayer, how would you feel and why? What promises are found in its words? At the same time, what admonitions are there as well? You know, I, I, I see a lot of genuine, genuineness, you know, in, in Paul's prayers and his letters. You know, it, it's refreshing, you know, like for me, like if I received a prayer from a church member like that, you know, like if I received a letter and, and, and them explaining to me how they are praying and what they're praying for me about, like it, for me, it, it'd be refreshing, you know, like it, it would show it shows his deep care and his love for God's people. And this goes back to, um, you know, Monday's lesson where it says, or was it Monday or is it Sunday's? Uh, um, oh, actually, Saturday's. It says the disciples did not ask for a blessing for themselves merely. They were weighted with the burden of the salvation of souls. So it's like this doesn't this shows like how unselfish Paul was. Like his his heart was 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 completely focused on the the saving of other people rather than just himself. And and it just shows how much he deeply cared for the Philippian church and the Ephesian church and and all the other churches he wrote to. You know, you know these are some of the most uplifting and encouraging words in the Bible. They are filled with promises as well as calls to be filled with love, knowledge, and discernment that come from knowing Jesus so that we can be all that God intends us to be in him. Amen. Any other thoughts before we move forward? No? Okay. Hold on one second. 
you know, I, I remember when I was in college, um, you know, they, in, in philosophy, they, they did these studies uh, uh, regarding intercessory prayer. Like they did a, they did a double blind study at a hospital mm-hmm. and they, they had people that were praying for certain sick people. And then they had a, another group, like a control that didn't have anybody praying for them. Mm. And, um, and I, you know, I remember writing a, the paper on this and it's like the first, I think the first study that was done actually showed improvement. And then there was another, uh, another follow-up study that didn't really show any significant improvement, like, uh, with, the uh, people that were being preyed upon. Um, but I, I, I remember that, that, um, you know, from those studies that, it, that there was still like, uh, improvement on the ones that were being prayed for. Like even uh, the ones that were being prayed on the sick, like like I think sometimes you know we, we try to find the science behind this, you know about you know some people are saying oh, oh well if this is true like then we should be able to see you know significant you know tangible changes you know if we did if we did some sort of like scientific study uh, on 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 prayer and uh, and I, I think sometimes maybe you'll see you know you'll be able to see it and sometimes you won't. Um, but I, I think that from our experience and from what, what, what we've been talking about, we should still, you know, no matter if the studies show it to be true, like, um, you know, we should still go on in faith, mm-hmm. you know, and, and interceding for people. Yeah, even <laughs> because, if we add. Because it, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry, you can finish. No, no, I okay. think that's pretty much Yeah, it. so like, yeah, that's, that's true, you know, because sometimes we don't see, pre- you know, we don't see changes right away. Sometimes, right. you know, we don't see anything happened for years you know for you know example um one of our church members he used to come to our church i think he moved away uh, uh a couple years ago but his wife you know he she she wasn't she had no interest in going to church she had no interest in in, in following god and and even now last time i spoke with him even now she still has no interest and it's been years and he's been praying and praying for her and we've all been praying for his wife and his family and, and it's like it's sometimes it doesn't happen right away and we can't get discouraged and think, Oh, well, maybe this person is just out of the reach of God. Then, you know, we did all we can. Okay. Let, let's, let's wrap up, you know, no more praying for this person because they're never going to change, you know, but no, like we keep on praying. We keep on praying. We keep on praying until, <laughs> until Jesus comes back until there is literally, until we know that there is no more hope. Yeah. Because like we were, we were just talking about earlier, that this is a spiritual battle, right? And and just like um just like the sun can harden clay or it can melt ice, you know sometimes like it, the prayer is actually God wooing that person like we're interceding for that person, but it, ultimately it is up to that person if that person is going to harden their heart against the uh you know the wooings of God or are they going to finally you know succumb and and be melted and and surrender and humble themselves before God? Mm-hmm. So, but. Like yeah, like that example you gave, like if the wife shouldn't the wife shouldn't continue stopping or shouldn't stop praying for her husband or whatever, because you never know, you know, what maybe eventually he'll finally break, you know, he'll finally yeah. surrender. You never. Yeah, I, I know that there's a lot of cases in our church. I remember that have that, that women that have prayed or got husbands that have been praying for their their partner or whatever, and they finally, you know, they finally change. So yeah, so we we can never we can never think that anybody is out of the reach of god god always sees the heart before he sees the outward uh 
the outward appearance. Um, so Wednesday, uh, unseen powers at work. Intercessory prayer is a mighty weapon in the battle between good and evil that we call the great controversy. One of the clearest revelations of this struggle is Daniel chapter 10. You will recall that the prophet Jeremiah predicted that the Jews would be in bondage to the Babylonians for 70 years. At the end of Daniel's life, this prophetic period of, uh, of the Jewish captivity was coming to an end. Daniel was concerned. He saw little evidence of the fulfillment of Jeremiah's words. His people were still in bondage. Babylon was overcome by the Medes and the Persians, but the Jews still remained in bondage. Daniel fasted and prayed for three weeks. He earnestly interceded for his people. At the end of the three weeks, a glorious angelic being appeared to him. So let's go over to Daniel chapter 10, verses 10 to 14. And um, I, I can read that. Daniel chapter 10. Um, are you guys there? It says, let's say 10 to 14. It says, um, and behold, a hand touched me, which set upon my knees, which set me upon my knees and upon the plains, palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto you and stand upright for unto you am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you did set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, your words were heard, and I am come for your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one or twenty-one days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall your people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. So when were Daniel's prayers heard, and what temporarily hindered him? Um, you know, like I, I see that his prayers were heard after he had chosen to chasten himself, after he had chose to pray and fast his his um his prayers were heard and the the angel came the angel came to him and touched him and said you know as soon as you had committed yourself to chasten yourself i heard you i was with you and he gave him a vision of how god was going to use daniel and how god was going to um use him basically to to speak one of the biggest prophecies the bible has ever spoken you know to to give hope to people for generations and generations to know that these things are coming and you know what was it that hindered him though it says but the prince of the kingdom of persia was withstanding me for 21 days so it, it seemed like mm. there was some opposition of some sort yeah, and, and honestly, that happens to us all the time, you know. I don't know about you, Larry, but and I and I know Sam has confirmed that it happens to him often. But whenever we go to pray, it's almost like there's this wall that comes down in front of us that's trying to stop us. 
That's true. And it's like, I can't really fully explain that feeling, but it's like, it's just, it, all, the only thing I can say is it's like, there's something in front of me trying to get me to stop. There's something in my mind trying to get me to stop, to stop that. Because the enemy mm -hmm. is fighting against our prayers to try to get us to stop because he knows that our prayers change things. And it's there, you know, like I felt it, Sam has felt it, Larry, you know, you say you felt it, you know, like the enemy is at work in all of our lives to stop us from praying. But the angel encouraged Daniel here to let him know that from the time that you chose to start fasting, I was with you, that our God was with mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's true there's a lot of opposition to our prayer our prayer life you know sometimes it comes internally you know our own mental struggles and our own struggles with mm -hmm. just you know waking up or you know just you know, we have some sort of like doubts or whatever we feel like sometimes all oh, prayer doesn't even work like why am i praying like so there, there's a lot of mental obstacles but there's also a lot of like spiritual obstacles too like we we're talking about earlier hmm. that that are that are that we're encountering or even other people that are like preventing us from praying you know like it may be like the demands of other people our, our work our our careers sometimes are, are so overwhelming that like we, we feel so overloaded with work, you know, that there's other agencies that, you know, like it, where it's our temptations to just be on social media all the time, prevent us from having a more vibrant prayer life. There's so many different things, but you're right. Like, I think finally, when you finally humble yourself and actually pray, um, you know, then God will be able to, you know, will have the permission to, to work in your life. So, yeah, I think, there's a lot of internal struggles, but also a lot of external things that can, that can interplay. So yeah, we have to always be watchful, you know, be sober minded about what's, mm -hmm. what's actually preventing us from praying. Yeah. And I also feel that when a person starts to fast or try, starts to like refocus their life or try to like get their life in order, mm -hmm. it, it's almost like, um, you feel that, um, there's something, there's something that's, like, you start getting attacked and stuff. Whether it's like, you, you, you have a heart, you, your alarm don't go off, or, you know, you don't feel good, or just, just it's like something, something always starts happening when you start to really, mm. really focus on prayer and fasting. Mm. That's, that's interesting that you say that, man, because, like, that happens to me a lot, you know, because for me, for many years, you know, I've suffered a lot with, you know, uh, depression, anxiety, fears, doubts, worries, all up in my head, you know, just always in my head with things. And like, um, I, 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 the devil obviously knows this, you know, he sees my weaknesses. He sees the areas of my life where I'm most vulnerable and most weak. And he, and he does that for all of us. You know, he sees the areas of our life where we are all most vulnerable and weak. And he, he attacks those areas hard. You know, and, and there may be a, t a day where, you, you know, there's been plenty, a lot of times I've woke up in the morning and I'm just like, I can't do it today. I, I just cannot do it today. Like, I, I just woke up and I'm already having this attack on my mind and my life and my body. Like, I can't do this. And like, there have been times where I literally called off of work and I really needed to take the entire day to pray. Like, I, I've had to do that several times, you know, like, because I know that if, if I don't take this day off and pray, that I'm going to be like this all day. Because obviously when you go to work, you're not, you can't, um, you can't 
you can't pray throughout while you're while you're working. You have to be able to, yeah, you know, do your job. So it's like for me, there's been a couple times where I'm like, you know what, I'm feeling this attack on me today, and it's so hard. And if I don't take the day off today <clears throat> and, go, and go pray, I'm I'm gonna be miserable all day. So like, I um I will like sometimes I've done that. I'll I'll take the day off and I'll go to the park and I'll I'll put my hammock up in a tree and I'll I'll sit there and I'll breathe and I'll I'll look up in the sky and I'll look at the trees and I'll just. Lord, I know you're with me. I know you're with me. And sometimes it just takes that, 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 those times where you just have to, you know, unwind. You have to focus on God because there are unseen powers at work trying to tear you apart. And for me, I would rather lose a day of pay and I would rather take a day off of work than allow the enemy to tear me apart like that. And I don't do it all the time. So it's not like I'm in, you know, I'm going to be in danger of losing my job, but it's like, there are, there are a few times where I've had to do that and it's necessary, you know, it's necessary because the devil is always working and we have to, we have to protect our peace. We have to protect our relationship with God We have to protect our hearts because if we don't, the enemy is going to tear us apart. Yeah. Because the Bible says Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom you may devour. Yeah. And like Larry said, your prayer life is something that can define who you are as a person to get you through this um this world and we have to have a strong prayer life and sometimes like you said people we be around the job if people are not spiritual or sound mind spiritual it can affect us it can affect us in a lot of different ways and sometimes like you like you said protecting your peace sometimes you just gotta you got to do whatever you got to do that's going to keep you focused, spiritually focused, and keep you focused on God. And sometimes I mean, you have to let go of things so you can be focused because mm-hmm. and it's like you got to go through all that just to stay focused on prayer. But mm-hmm. anything else is easy. But when it comes to prayer or fasting or focus on God or getting closer to God, it's almost saying that you have to almost give up a lot of things for this world just so you can get to a point closer to God and stuff. These yeah. attachments from our heart, these attachments for our mind, these... Um, these worldly attaches we have to let go of sometimes to get closer to the Lord and they can be a struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cause if, if we can't be focused here in our lives, if, if, if how are we going to be effective witness? How are we going to be effective in anything? So we have to, we always have to protect here first. Our relationship with God is number one above everything. Yes. Even, even our jobs, you know, sometimes, sometimes we have to take that, that, that extra time, you know, to really, really seek God because the enemy doesn't stop. Um, Thursday's lesson is a prayer focus. It says throughout the Bible, there is an emphasis on specificity. Yeah, I, 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 for some reason, I can't say that word right now. There's emphasis on specificity in our prayer. In prayer, I probably said that whole totally wrong, but it's right. That's all right. You know what I mean. There's an emphasis on being specific in our prayer. Basically, that's what it's saying. Prayer is not some vague longing of the soul. It presents God with specific requests. Jesus prayed specifically for his disciples. The apostle Paul prayed very specifically for the uh, Ephesian, Philippian, and Colossian Christians. He prayed for his young colleagues, such as Timothy, Titus, and John Mark. You know, so like we got to we got to be specific, you know, in our, in our prayers to God for ourselves and be specific in our prayers, our intercessory prayers to God for others as well. First uh, Samuel twelve twenty two. Uh Yeah, you can read that. And uh, Larry, if you want to read Job sixteen twenty one after that. 
First sure. Samuel 12. First Samuel 12. 22 to 24. All right. It says, For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because he has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Hmm. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you. But I teach you the good and the right way. Mm. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he has done for you. Yeah. You know, but if you shall still do wickedly, you shall be consumed, both you and your king. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a good point there. You know, like, I've been really thinking a lot lately because, like, for me, I, I have this issue where I dwell I dwell, I dwell upon these issues in my life or whatever they may be. Like I dwell on these things instead of letting them go and realizing that I can do nothing about them. And then reading in Matthew 6 where it says, you know, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? You know, and it says here, you know, only fear the Lord and serve him with truth, with all your heart for consider how great things he has done for you. You know, like this, this is, this is like what God is, is telling us to do. Like, he is saying, only focus on me. Keep your eyes on the cross and what I've done for you. Don't focus on here, like what's going on here and all throughout your life. Focus on your heart with me. Keep me in the center. And it goes back to Isaiah 50 verse 10 where it says, you who walk in darkness and has no light, let him stay upon his God. Like that, that is the key to everything. You know, like it's not about focusing on what's going on in our lives. It's about continuing to serve God even in the midst of our sinful struggles. Mm. That is what's gonna. That's what's gonna change us because God is continuously focusing on the heart, and that's what He wants us to do. And if we don't do that, man, like if we're only focused on outward, it, it's it's gonna keep on. It's gonna keep on. Uh, it's gonna keep us stuck, rather yep. than rather than grow us. And then we're not gonna be a useful witness to nobody. We're not gonna be a useful to God in anything because we're too focused on our problems and ourselves. Mm. Um, Job sixteen twenty one, Larry. Yeah, it's um oh that oh that one might plead for a man with God as a man pleads for his neighbor. Hmm. You know, it's saying that like we definitely need to plead for for people with God. Yeah, that's true. Um I'm 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 kind of a little bit rushing here cuz we only have like a little bit of time left cuz it's uh 10:30. But um yeah, it says uh, both Samuel and Job emphasize the need for earnest, heartfelt, specific intercession. Samuel's words are quite strong. He cries out, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord and cease to pray for you. Uh, in Job's words, oh, that one might plead for a man, pleading with God for men and women who do not know Christ for uh, is a work. Bless you. COVID? Sorry. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, um, so, um, yeah, let's go to 1 John 5, 14 to 16. 1 John 5, 14 through 16? Yep. I can read that one. Okay, that's fine. Um, it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we should have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin, not unto death. 
but there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he should pray for it. You know, so what happens when we intercede for others? Basically, God God changes lives. God changes hearts. When we pray for other people, God God changes their lives. Like I said earlier, our faith can change people. Yeah, that's true. You know, it says, when we pray for others, we become a channel of God's blessing to them. He pours out the river of the water of life from heaven's throne through us to them. Satan's whole host trembles at the sound of earnest intercession. Ellen G. White describes the power of prayer in the significant words. Satan cannot endure to have his powerful rival appealed to, for he fears and trembles before his strength and majesty. At the sound of fervent prayer, Satan's whole host trembles. Prayer connects us with the source of divine power in the battle for the souls of lost men and women. So, yeah. Amen. Uh, does anybody want to close in prayer? I'll pray. Okay. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much for this Bible study, Lord, um, this lesson, Lord, talking about intercessory prayer, Lord, uh, how we, we need to really plead, Lord, for our fellow man, Lord, uh, with you. Lord, we, we truly do need to to intercede for others, Lord, and we're, we're, we're battling against spiritual darkness and principalities, Lord, and things uh, that we can't see, Lord, and we, we really need to... Uh, have you on our side, Lord, and each and every single thing in it that we do every day. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I just pray that uh, that you'll be with those that are listening, those that are here, Frank, Sam, and Christella, myself, that you continue to, to guide us, Lord, protect us, Lord, with your holy angels. Lord, I, we plead for our families and our churches, our community, our nation, Lord, our world, Lord, at this time. Lord, we pray that, um, that you would intervene, Lord, um, and that you would just be um, patient, Lord, with those that are still um, searching for you, Lord. May we continue to be light and salt, Lord, to those around us, Lord. But may you, Lord, intervene where is necessary, Lord. We thank you so much for all that you do. Be with us today on this Sabbath. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, guys, I hope you have a happy Sabbath. And um, to answer your question, uh, Larry, yes, I, I might end up going to the outside church, but... um. I have to, uh, Sam's dropping off his car for an oil change that's happening, uh, later. And okay. I have to, um, uh, pick him up and take him home. So, uh, we'll, we'll see if I end up making it over there or not. But, okay. uh, but yeah. Cool, cool. So, all right, man. Take care. Y'all have a nice day. Yeah.